friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. Welcome, welcome. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt, and I will be your host today. And our guest today is Kendra Fletcher, the author of an amazing book called Lost and Found. And we're talking about how do you cope when life gets so tricky with deep suffering, when the suffering doesn't stop, when suffering just keeps coming and coming and blow by blow. And hopefully we can figure out by the end of this podcast, uh, some coping mechanisms. Um, I don't know, Kendra, what do you have for us? <laughs> but you know what, before, before I even let you talk, uh, inquiring minds want to know a little bit more about how amazing you are and how God has created you with a fabulous it. We talk about what is your it? Like, what is your divine design here on um, Girlfriend It? And first of all, I laughed that you have your degree in singing and you're probably going, why is that funny? It's just, it's like, I know, I guess we have an opera singer or you want to teach music. I don't know, but you love the beach over mountains and you're living in California and you would prefer tea over coffee. Uh, Also a huge achievement is you have eight kids. I I'm the baby of six, so I can't imagine uh, being the mother of eight. Like that was yeah. overwhelming just being a part of <laughs> with yeah. six kids in my family. Uh, so I don't know where to begin, but jump in at which part you want to go in. You, you <laughs> like your tea or you yeah. talk about right. motherhood? Right. Well, you know, what's funny about the eight kids, I I used to always say, but they're so easy to create. And then I thought, no, that's actually not true for a lot of people. So for us, it was like, oh, it was was very easy to achieve that. I didn't really work very hard at creating them. Yeah. (laughs) It was fun. Yeah. It it, it can be fun, right? (laughs) Right. And, and, you know, that's actually part of our story. We never set out to have eight children. I, I, I don't know who does, but that it's so <laughs> antithetical to who, to how I'm wired. It's not, I mean, there's just so many things that I'm like, I am not the woman who should have had eight kids. Uh, but part of our story is a deep dive into, um, I mean, if I say homeschool, <laughs> big family drove the big, you know, 12 passenger van type of thing, that's really what we got sort of spiraled down into and lost in. Uh, it started putting our hope in a lot of those kind of behaviors. Um, and so it's part of our story, really, you know, that we have these eight, um, we love them all. Uh, but I would just say if I, we wish we'd had them in freedom. So how about yes, that? Yes. <laughs> you know, and that, that is interesting how that does, you said it spiraled, it spiraled yeah. into it, it. And, um, your book, first of all, it's such a timely time to, to have your book come out. I mean, for, for those of us that have had, you know, two years of the pandemic and we've been right. in lockdown and I, I think yeah. the mental illness has risen to like 40%. It's at its all time high. Yeah. Uh, but the individual suffering that is taking place and how do we make space for that? And I listened to your story where you you share your experience of how it's easy to get caught up in the right homeschooling philosophy, the right brand of theology, the right <laughs> meal planning, you know, home right, whatever 
keeping it all together just as a parent. But in an 18 month time frame, you found your baby in a coma, you ran over your five-year-old and that just sounds so harsh, even saying those words, sentence and moving on. And you nearly lost your eight-year-old to a ruptured appendix. And that was just the beginning of your list. That's just a few things (laughs) you're, you're dealing with your husband still suffering from an illness and just craziness. And uh, I, I was so intrigued when I read, uh, you know, <laughs> that sounds gross too. I was so intrigued when I read all of your suffering. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I want to start. Makes a great book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why, right? Um, okay. You ran over your five-year-old because yeah. we didn't have a tendency to judge. I immediately right. go, how come you didn't know your five-year-old was in the driveway? So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, you want to start with that one? Yeah. Start with with the big one. So she, uh, 12 passenger van, right? We uh, pulled into, we had a huge circular driveway. We used to live on property and um, I pulled in and I thought, oh, I'm just going to move. I'm not going to park where I normally park. I'm going to go around the circle. And then when my husband gets home, he'll just, he can just park behind me. It'll be, I don't know what, you know, that day in that moment, I thought, oh, I'll I'll park differently than I normally yeah. do. And she was already unbuckled, getting herself out of her seat, you know, because I'm I'm going two miles per hour or something, right? Uh, where we normally park. And she throws open the door oh. to jump out right where I normally parked. Um, and so she, you know, the next thing I know, I, my children are all yelling, mom, you know, you're running over Ansley. Um, which is a horrible thing to think. Oh, um, oh. Also, in the middle of that circle was a, a fountain, you know, and like plants and whatnot, and it had like a curb around that. And so I thought it was going over the curb because I'd done that a million times in yeah. a 12 passenger van. Um, so it's it's horrible. It's really horrible. Uh, it was also maybe within a year or two um, after Stephen Curtis Chapman's son had run over their daughter. And that's the first thing that enters my mind, you know, at the time is like, Oh my gosh. Cause I, you know, same thing, you hear a story like that and you think, how does that even happen? You know? Um, and so I just remember getting out of the van and thinking, Lord, prepare me for what I'm going to see mm. when I come around the side of this van, you know, because I, I've thought that in the past, like, how do you, how do you ID the body of your child? How do you see, you know, just the horror of something like that? Um, mm. And I came around and she was sitting up and she was just crying. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'd be crying too, girl. Um, and she, you know, long story short, she fractured her uh, her pelvis because she was five. So her little bones, you know, thankfully just sort of kind of bent under the pressure of that tire. But what happened was um, the CPS ended up investigating us. And so like, here's my worst nightmare. I run over my child and then CPS gets involved in second worst nightmare, right? They immediately, immediately recognized, you know, that this was an accident, but it didn't matter. Like the damage had been done. um, And I lived with debilitating anxiety from that for a at least a year where I, you know, sort of thought CPS was like camping out and looking through my windows and, you know, or everything my kids would do. I'd like, don't jump on the trampoline. <laughs> I can't, we're not going to break a bone. <laughs> Get down from that tree. Uh, you know, just cause I thought if, man, if I end up in the ER with another kid here, that's it, you know? So it, it, it just a lot of things. And then interestingly, that daughter turns 18 next month. Uh, and she lives with debilitating anxiety. She has some real, um, uh, um, 
it's early, I can't think of the word, just some ramifications of that incident. And she didn't realize it. And we didn't realize it until she started some therapy last year. And that's, that was the deal. Like that incident, um, you know, was, was just, it just set off a bunch of things in her life. So, um, (laughs) that's tough. And I'll tell you, so thankful. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I just was agreeing with you. That kind of trauma, you know, you think at five, Mm -hmm. not that they'll forget it, but that, you know, they, they're so, they just bounce back, right? Their resiliency is so different than as you get older, but instead um, we, we sometimes don't take that into consideration that they're, they're dealing with it and living with that kind of trauma daily. Right. Wow. How did they discover that? Was she seeing a counselor where they were able to unpack some of it? Well, no. What's I, I just love how God does things on my behalf because you know, I'm like, I'm over here so distracted by, you know, all the day-to-day stuff. But um I had actually spoken, uh I had actually spoken at a church um Mother's Day of the first year of pandemic. So 2020 Mother's Day. Uh, and I had told our story um in this uh it was a Sunday morning, you know, so I was preaching. <laughs> I know that's that's a problem for a lot of people, but I'm like, I, I was telling people like I'm going to go speak at this church and I'm like, it's Sunday morning and I'm the person. <laughs> So yeah. let's just call it what it is. We just so don't anyways, it that way, right? We don't. We struggle Silly. in evangelicalism Silly. to say that. But so I'm telling our story. And uh, the next day I get um, a text from the pastor and he says, hey, Kendra, uh, we have a, a marriage family counselor in our church who thinks he can help Hansley. Uh, because I had said, you know, she there are some long term effects to absolutely every single one of those events. Um, which we can talk about if you want, but hers, you know, I said something about this, that she just, this anxiety has been really a struggle for her. And he said, he said, can I put you in contact with him? Are you interested? And, you know, I was like, absolutely. Um, And so he, he just has so lovingly worked with her also done some um, therapies where he looks at how her brain is reacting to the trauma when she talks about it. Um, He's walked her through it. He, uh, he, he did an exercise with her where they, they just, you know, verbally reconstructed the whole event. Um, and he said, I want you to put, you know, everybody that, you know, you're safe with and who loves you. I want you to put them there at the scene. And then now we're going to put Jesus there. Uh, and so she was able to work through that whole incident. Um, but I will tell you, (laughs) she, she came in to tell me all of this, you know, and, and, uh, he said, he asked me if I blame anybody. And I'm, I'm looking at her like, oh no, here it comes, comes, you know, here we are 13 years later. And here's all the, you know, here comes all the shame and the guilt and everything crashing down on me. And, and it wasn't me. She, she blamed herself Mm. um, for having jumped out of the car. And I just looked at her and I said, honey, you were five. You did what so, you know, what, like, I don't know if you raised a toddler or, you know, not, but like anybody from between the ages of two and seven would do yeah. something like, you know, or even older would do something like this. And so I just, you know, for her to, to let that go mm-hmm. has been such a gift for her. Yeah. She's lighter. You know, I can see it yeah. in her. She's lighter. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you have plenty of things here, like I said, in an 18-month time span. 
what's happening with you? Are you, there's a lot of suffering. Are you getting angry at God? How, how, what did you do with this, this space of chaos? Yeah. Uh, you know, probably like grief, um, you, you, things hit you at different times and they hit you differently. Um, and so I do remember being angry, uh, when my daughter's appendix ruptured, she ended up having two surgeries and was in the ICU for three weeks. And, you know, here's one of those things where I'm like, ah, appendix is like tonsils. (laughs) They'll take it out. We'll be home over the weekend, you know? Uh, but hers was so it hurt. They had to skirt her femoral artery to get, you know, to place drain. I mean, it was, and there was, you know, there was, there were only two surgeons who could do it, um, locally and neither of them wanted to because she was so young and it was, you know, like it was just harrowing. And so, um, I remember toward the end of that, maybe in the last week of her being in, in the, at the hospital, she wouldn't eat because every time she ate, she would just throw up. Um, and so we couldn't leave until, she could eat. And I remember just like driving home after having spent the night with her, my husband and I would switch off, um, you know, caring for her at the hospital. So then I was driving home and I remember getting home and just like, just yelling at God, like, what does it matter that I pray? Like I I had prayed and asked for this. You, you know, all she needs to do is eat a darn burrito, (laughs) you know, or an apple or something and keep it down. But this is a black hole. I feel like we can't get out of. And so what's the point? What's the point of praying? You're a sovereign God. You're going to do what you want anyway. So why am I even asking you? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I, I don't at all, that doesn't scare me. Um, it doesn't, you know, like, oh no, maybe I'm not actually saved. You know, um, it doesn't scare me. It didn't scare God. You know, I mean, he, he, I just railed for, for a long time, uh, and, and struggled to pray honestly, for a long time too. Cause sort of like, what do you, you know, what does it matter? You know, my thoughts. So go with it, God, whatever, whatever you're going to do, do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is maybe yeah. my very, you know, selfish, impertinent way of saying that I will be done, but you know, just, uh, it, it's just normal. It's very normal. If, you know, if you're in a, a time of your life where you are, you've got something like this going on and, and anger is your current emotion and response, let it out, let mm-hmm. him know. It's not like he doesn't know, you know, so um, I think it's very normal to have to have had that for sure. I'd, I'd say now for us, the, the bigger issue with some of the things that have happened in the last couple of years, um, it, it's just, I'm just exhausted, you know? Uh, and yeah. so my husband and I often look at each other and say, you know, this isn't heaven. And that's been very helpful, honestly, just, just to acknowledge the fact that if we're looking for this life to be easy, if we're looking for it to always be, um, in our favor, <laughs> you know, things, all things working together in our favor, meaning the things that we think it should be, um, then, then we're always going to be frustrated. We're always going to be angry at the universe, at God, at, you know, whomever. Um, but if we can acknowledge that we're passing through, you know, as, as trite as that sounds or whatever, I don't know. I, I was raised in the church. And so a lot of things to me, I kind of roll my eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I heard that since I was two, you know, or whatever, but it's true. It's a truth. That's a truth. This isn't yeah. our, and it's not supposed to be, this isn't supposed to be heaven. Can you imagine like, why would <laughs> this isn't good? <laughs> I don't want this. Um, yeah. so yeah. Well, you know, and uh, I, I appreciate you saying that because I, that that's what helped me through some of my grief and suffering is to, 
once again, you grew up in the church, I grew up in the church, and you get caught up when people say, um, you know, this is God's perfect plan. And you go, no, it's not his perfect plan because right. we're here on earth and this isn't heaven. And that right. has really helped me. And I appreciate you talking about that in your book because you mentioned there is no pre-prescribed way to work through, you know, your seasons of suffering. And so I, I feel like I was dishonest by saying, we're going to come up with all kinds of coping mechanisms today by the end of the <laughs> <laughs> But that's the coping mechanism is that there's no pre-prescribed way. Uh, you know, you either, you talk about, you take a bath or you don't, you turn off the TV or you don't, you make space in your life to say no to what you don't need and yes to what you do. And that's right. Uh, that's such great advice. Also, the way uh, you share about others, like showing mm -hmm. others grace, because I think when, at least for me, when you're in that place of pain, you can get really annoyed by what people say. Just like I shared, you know, somebody, it, it was actually a pastor who said that about this is God's perfect plan. And when you're in a <laughs> In that space, you can get so angry and yeah. to be able to, to do that, show them grace, let it go right. um, and, and not get so caught up in that because it's just layering some of that pain uh, right. where we expect people to say the right thing. And when we're not in that season of pain and somebody else's to allow them to have that space. I know for me, I've had friends that I've texted or I've called them and I know they're hurting and they don't respond to me and I will get irritated at them. Like, how silly <laughs> is that? I'm going to get mad at you right. that you won't let me help you. Right. You know, it's like, I, I just want to come sit at your doorstep or sit on the, you know, your, your front stairs, whatever, just so you know, I'm here in it with you, but you're not getting any response from them. And it's like, okay. That's okay because I don't deal with pain that way. I want to be surrounded by everybody and, right. you know, somehow put a Band-Aid on my pain and laugh and have a good time and not have <laughs> to deal with it. That's how I want to suffer. And so I think everybody else should let me entertain them during their pain. <laughs> um, so I love that, Patty. That's it's just so honest. And that's the thing, right? Like the ability to give each other grace because not, we're just, we're just all created so differently. Right. I mean, you can, you can call it what you want. You can say, Oh, that's, you know, this is my Myers-Briggs or this is my Enneagram or you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever all the things are. But the, the bottom line is that God has just, just makes our needs different. Um, and just showing up, I think is the greater, um, way to love somebody. Because when you say that, you know, and I like, here I'm calling you out, but when you say like, they didn't respond to me, that's about you. <laughs> it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's Absolutely. not about them. Yeah. 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 And that's why it's so funny because right. of course it's about me, Kendra. <laughs> and them, you know, and, and I, I have, I have, I've had a pity party over some of that. When then later on you find out that they were like, I was in a spot. I didn't want to pick up the phone. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I will go, you know what? I don't roll that way. Like I don't have friends that ignore me. And it, it's, it is, it's, it's all about me. And how sad is that? And so I hope as we're talking about this, if you're me and you're that person, 
<laughs> you can offer grace to you and <laughs> that makes sense. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I lost you just a little bit, but yes, I caught the last part. <laughs> yeah, showing up for them. No, yeah. how is it? You're mad at them for not allowing you to show up for them and they're paying. Right. <laughs> it's like, doesn't make sense at all. So you right. go, fine, I'll just go, you know, have another friend or whatever <laughs> our, our, our silly brain does. But just offering that grace, sending a note of encouragement, just, you right. know, having that listening ear, but being, being gentle. Right. And you, right. you talk about that. So what has been, what, what have you heard from someone that made you think, okay, I need to offer grace here. Like I said, when, when people say this is God's perfect plan, right. um, w what have you heard that you just grit your teeth? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, <laughs> funny. Cause I just tweeted about this yesterday, <laughs> which tells you something that like, it's, you know, I'm mulling it over. I'm like, I'm going to go tweet that. Yeah. Super healthy. <laughs> um, yeah. Coping, speaking of coping mechanisms, uh, so our youngest child is uh, is the one I found in a coma. Um, he was seven weeks old, and um, nothing was wrong, nothing. And I know this is such a scary story because we always want to find out, like, you know, what 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 you know, what did you see or what did he do? Or nothing. I fed him the night before, like at eleven eleven thirty p.m. You know, seven week old, and uh, and I was. Um, I was having breastfeeding issues I had with every single one of my children. Um, and so I was always going back and forth between uh, breast and bottle and pumping and, you know, whatever. And so I gave him a bottle. And the reason I always say that is because I knew exactly how much he had had that night, right? Like I could see it in the bottle and it was a full bottle and he just gulped it down and everything was great. And I put him to bed and in the morning I'm like, oh, you know what? He's, he's sleeping a little bit late. I'm going to go check on him. And he's in a coma. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, again, <laughs> worst nightmare. Um, and he, long story short, he caught a virus, uh, much like a, like a COVID. Um, and except that when he caught it in 2008, there were, um, 14 people in the United States who caught the virus within uh, a, like a two year span. Yeah. Um, and so weird, we have no idea, no how idea, how he caught it. no idea. Yeah. There was an outbreak in Taiwan that summer. We'd never been, we hadn't been to Taiwan. Like, it's just, it, it is what it is, right? I mean, it's just, you can't, we can't blame anybody or anything on this. It's just, this is what happened. So how did they um, know that that was the virus? Right? I know. Well, we get to, we get, he's, you know, acute care ambulance to children's hospital. Uh, and, and that night when we sat down with the hospitalist after they, you know, run all these tests and got him through all these things was he, he said, we, we already have liver damage, kidney damage, heart, da heart, but lim lim sorry, <laughs> let me go back. Liver failure, heart damage, kidney failure, brain damage. That is what we already knew that wow. night um, in this seven week old. And they didn't know. And he was, he kept trying, he was kept asking us questions. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? And then the very last thing he asked us, he said, what about diarrhea? Um, sorry, TMI. And my husband said, yeah, you know, his diapers, well, I changed him this morning or last night or something. He said, say, they're pretty like smelly. And he goes, all right, I'll get back to you. And by the next morning they had figured it out that it was uh, an entro, a strain of what they call an enterovirus. Um, and so, yeah, who knows? Right. And then 
uh, CDC had to come in. Um, we had to be masked. Like, <laughs> sorry, I have no compassion for, for people who are stomping their feet about masks. Cause I'm like, ah, <laughs> if you have a child in this situation, you are like head to toe covered, wow. you know, and everything when you're, when you're around them in the uh, ICU. So anyways, I mean, it was like, yeah, they, once they, they named it and figured it out, it was, he was then in that case, you know, that study case, they're like, you know, the CDC had to be alerted and you know, all the things. So um, yeah, crazy. But the reason I'm telling you this is that he, um, he has six holes in his brain as a result of the encephalitis, um, and this virus. So he, um, he, he's super frustrating. I mean, he's, he's about, uh, six years old developmentally. He's 13. Um, but he, he, he's just, he's just super frustrating on a lot of levels. He's high functioning, but he's, his IQ is 60, which puts him pretty low IQ. And, um, and there are just times where my husband and I just look at each other, like, you know, we didn't sign up for this. Yeah. And the thing that is difficult for me, this is back to your original question. The thing that is difficult is when people say, oh, special kids are given to special parents. You must be so special to have, you know, for God to have given you this child. Mm, mm. And I go false. Yeah. <laughs> false. <laughs> no, I am not wired for this at all. Not yeah. at all. I mean, yeah. I'm working on a master's degree right now. I like intelligent conversation (laughs) and, and every day is groundhog day with this kiddo and it pushes every limit I have to, to, to be compassionate and to be patient and to be kind. Uh, and so I'm not special. Um, so that's one of those things that I've had to, to learn to just, just be kind in response because they're just, they're just saying, you know, what they've heard or something like they're not trying to be, you know, condescending or whatever. And I just smile and say, well, not necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's supposed to be soothing, right? You're supposed to be like, oh, you're right. I'm special. And it's, it's good to hear what people say to help those of us that can have stupid come out of our mouth, not to have it happen. (laughs) So that's why I, I I like to ask, like, what, what is your thing? You know, that you've had people say that you're like, Oh, so yeah, I, I've, I've heard that before. Yeah. You must be really special. And I, I, I might have had said that to, to people who think they're going to have, you know, maybe a special needs kid where it's like, I've just heard that that's such a blessing. And they're probably going, yeah, well, you take one then, you know? Right, right. I'm th- I, always, I always say that, like, you know, better responses, how can I help you? When can I take him? How can yeah. I give you a break? Yeah. 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 When can I give you a break? Well, you are delightful, Kendra. Thank you so much. It's an honor having you on. And we are going to have you on again on another episode and talk about legalism and how you were able to get out of legalism. Uh, But this book, Lost and Found, Losing Religion, Finding Grace, uh, once again, a gripping true story of how God used the suffering in your life and your family uh, to discover how to move forward and and how to offer grace to others, as well as very therapeutic for you, right, in writing uh, some of the coping mechanisms. So yeah. once again, we will have you on again, and thank you for listening to Girlfriend It. Thanks, Patty because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com. 